0: You are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. This is your host, Mike. I am joined tonight by Austin. Hello. And we have a special guest tonight. Uh, Hez is joining us tonight. Hez is a demonoliter and a psychic. And um, and you do that work like, like professionally, right, Hez? Is that right?
1: Yes. Yes, yeah. I do. I actually do it for a living, correct?
0: perfect okay i i love that and and i wanted to clarify that mainly because i know you know we know a lot of people who are are involved in like like kind of like the same community the same industry that we're in who do not work but like kind of like on a semi-professional level um you know which is which is you know wonderful for them right but i know it is a little bit of a different experience when you're actually doing it professionally um mm-hmm. yeah so tonight um we we wanted to kind of hear your ideas and kind of riff a little bit talk a little bit on the benefits of daily witchcraft practice. Um you know, because we're we're kind of firmly of the of the belief that, you know, if you're if you're gonna be a witch, an occultist, a magician, whatever you want to call yourself, that it really is something that does need to be, you know, it's it's a craft. It's 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 a mm-hmm. lifestyle, you know? So so what's what's your take on that? I mean, I mean, how how would you define like uh you know like just daily witchcraft practice or how would you define the benefits of that?
1: Well I mean <laughs> There's so many, but honestly, for, for myself, you know, the way I start off my day, I literally will, I'll get up and immediately just kind of lay here for a second, let my, let my energies flow, empty my mind to let my thoughts just leave so that I can remember my dreams. I like to do that early in the morning when I first wake up so that I can document things in my dream journal. You know, I'll get up and like I said, I'll go do my meditation, get myself relaxed to start the day, check to see if I have anyone that's booked with me. Usually that does tend to happen. But when I don't, I'm either going to do um, give offerings to the spirits that I work with or just sitting down and just reflecting on how my week might go, divining into how things might go, checking on family members, things of that sort. You know,
0: OK, cool. mm-hmm. nice. OK, so so I, it's interesting. One of the things you mentioned there actually was, you know, you, you have the kind of a ritual that you do in the morning, right, when you kind of kind of come out of at a you know at a dream time um we we have a lot of people who contact us and I, this is gonna be a little bit kind of like off topic I guess but um, but I am curious and I'm always kind of interesting to hear or interested in hearing people's different ideas or, or practices on this do you mm-hmm. do you recommend I mean as far as like reviewing uh, or you know kind of going back and processing dream activity dream experiences um, do you document any of those experiences when as a part of your ritual?
1: Oh, yes, I document all of them. Um, Since I've started to actually log my dreams, I've gotten to the point where I can actually remember dreams that are from six months ago that I probably wouldn't have remembered if I wouldn't have written things down. Now it's to the point where when I touch my dream journal, I can remember all sorts of different things. I even will have my dream journal when I'm doing remote viewings or things of that sort because it just helps me to get into the, the mode, but it also gives me the ability to see further. It became a a conduit for you know um, <clears throat> bolstering my abilities and you know I don't go anywhere without it.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's
0: really cool. They, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, because I'm I'm always curious to hear about people's practices when it comes to that. You know we we talk a lot about documentation of experience and so mm-hmm. I, that's that's thank you for sharing that. So I don't know. So other other than you know some of the activities that you just shared, I mean, what what would you recommend to people? I mean, when you say when you're meeting someone that would be you know, looking for a teacher or someone that maybe would be looking for a bit of mentoring, um, you know, just teaching in whatever way that you do. Um, You Mm -hmm. know, I know you're, I know you're also a teacher, you know, you share a lot of information. I know you're also a teacher. Um, Mm -hmm. What, what would you recommend to people?
1: (laughs) It's going to sound so, um, I don't know, sometimes for me, it kind of sounds cliche, but I always tell everyone that, whether they're on TikTok, whether they're anywhere, if they see people, you can like people, you can, you know, really enjoy people's content, but divine into everyone. You know, yeah. I always make an effort to bring my divinatory practice into when I'm seeing, if I see someone as an idol of mine, or I see someone that I feel like, Hey, I'd like to connect with this person and see where, you know, uh, see what their practice is like. I'd like to see how they go about doing things. They seem like a really cool person. If you want to get to know people or make friends, I always tell them to make sure they're always divining. If they don't have a pendulum, then they can use their tarot cards and just look into it and just see what people's intentions are. For myself, I feel like that's something that's very beneficial and it's helped me a ton it's helped me dodge a lot of bullets when it comes down to people who might be you know more so fraudulent or people who don't have the best intentions that's something that osteroth told me and ever since then it's stuck with me
0: gotcha i think that's excellent advice i mean you talk about a little bit about that in your class don't you austin about like the basically just like the practicality of of regular divination and Mm -hmm. I'm needing to check in, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I think that's that seems to me to, to like to be a fairly foundational kind of practice really or should be,
2: mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. What what are your thoughts
3: on that, Austin? Well, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I I'm I'm very much a proponent that a lot of people is if you're starting to learn some form of divination that it you you need to learn it, but if you have serious questions that need answered, you need to see a professional just because you're gonna be biased, whether that's positively, negatively, neutrally. Um, but when you meet someone, and I, and I see this with a lot of people, uh, a lot of young newcomers into the craft mm-hmm. or divination, where they get yeah. caught up in the flash and the flare of this teacher um, and these things. And it's always someone online who's over in, in Texas or this, that, or the other. And they're, well, they just know so much about me. And I'm like, wait, well, wait, you're always ripping on Texas, man. What the well, hell? Uh,
0: well, <laughs> they have, good I mean, barbecue. don't get me wrong. There's there's lots of stuff to rip on Texas for a WD. They have good wrong, barbecue. But, yeah. um,
3: <laughs> but, uh, but I always tell them, I'm like, well, have you done a reading on this person? And they're like, well, well, no, I trust them. I'm like, well, what, what makes you trust them? Because hmm. they have access to all of your social media. It's not hard in this day and age to, manipulate someone
2: Mm.
3: okay it's not and that makes me sound like a shitty person but it's just it's not hard for a medium to a medium or a teacher to look you up on facebook and go yeah yeah i see that you were with this person a couple weeks ago and they had this so i always tell people that it's it's good to divine on those situations um i i've actually been doing that pretty much every morning uh, Mike was Mike was giving me crap crap yesterday. He was like, "Why why are you doing so many readings?" And I was like, "Because I need to flex my muscles." And,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, actually that that maybe that's a nice segue. So you talk about flexing your muscles, you know, and I I tend to when I'm explaining to people I talk a lot about you know, I mean, getting us back on topic, right, you know, talking about, you know, the, the benefit of a daily practice, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I talk to people a lot about like, like, it's like going to the gym, right? Like, if you want to continue to build that muscle, if you want to continue to, to, you know, achieve whatever that goal would be, you know, you really are going to need to come back at it consistently again mm-hmm. and again and again. So,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so in your in your experience has what what are the benefits to to a daily practice? Like what, what have you noticed in your in yourself? I mean, you've already shared a couple of things, but mm-hmm. but also in maybe trying to relate that to other people who are maybe newer in their practice. What what do you see? I mean, what are the benefits?
1: Oh, there's so many. Um, a really good one that I like to talk about as well, because there's a lot of people that come to me that want to find financial stability. And mm-hmm. this is a really good one. Um, <clears throat> you know, it equates to when I'm speaking to people about when they're, you know, making a pact with a demon or making a pact with God or devoting themselves to a certain God. Daily practice with them, giving them their offerings and building a good rapport with them is going to have them smiling upon you. They're going to take care of you when you take care of them. For myself, when I first started off with all of this, the first one that I've ever, you know, that I ever contacted to communicate with was King Paimon. And I was, I didn't know what was going on. I was so afraid, but he was so kind to me. He was, you know, he was very nurturing. And he was even like, if you ever want to get rid of me, you know exactly how to, you know how to banish me. And I will not take it the wrong way. And he's like, but I would really like to work with you. And that's the reason why you've been so curious about me in the first place. Hmm. So working with him, I started to kind of understand my, myself on a deeper level. It started getting me to you know, understand how offerings work, why we do offerings to them at certain times, but also why building rapport with them is so important. Because it got to the point where I was doing so much one uh, uh magic with him because he started to come to my dreams and teach me divination in my dreams. He started <laughs> to tell me about, um, you know, protective rights and things of that sort in my dreams to achieve lucidity and help me to identify people that might have said things to me, to take cloaks off of certain beings that are trying to visit me or interact with the background background characters in my dreams. It started to become something that became a lot more than just a dream, dreaming itself, you know?
0: Yeah. Okay. So
1: things started to change and become extremely beneficial. And even more so after that, he started to teach me about the different meanings of candles and what types of demons I would meet when I was going forward with meeting any of the legions that are under him, Mm -hmm. you know, because he has over 200, he has over 200 um, legions of demons that he leads himself. Mm -hmm. And so after that, I started to kind of look into, you know, I started to look into money magic. I wanted to understand how I can, you know, get a raise at work and make a little more money. I wanted to understand how I could move forward with actually working from home. See, I didn't actually accomplish that until I worked with Lucifuge. But the thing about that was, remember what I said, I was, I was very afraid. Yeah. So I figured that since I was working with all of these beings in the Goetia, I was like, you know what? As long as I work with the ones that are not the higher ups, I don't. it's okay to not work with Lucifuge. Because, yeah. because I, I was so afraid, I didn't know what to expect. So I would try to avoid him so much but every single being that came forward was pushing me even closer to him, especially when it came down to me connecting with Bune finally. And it just became this beautiful bond after that. And Lucifuge was the one that pushed me to become financially independent, financially stable, and to take the leap to start. My business to start going forward with doing my readings full time or helping people to understand how to, you know, hone in on their abilities and things of that sort. And it just became this huge thing. And everything just took off ever since then, because I consistently kept doing my rituals. I consistently, you know, was talking to him, communicating with him, bringing him offering, going forward with connecting with him at the times that he appreciated that he likes taking his advice the thing that was the most important to me and the most beautiful was when they would give me advice and when I would take this advice and heed to it, and when I would heed to the warnings they gave me, I would see everything flourishing as a result. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. I, I, I can absolutely personally relate to that. Sorry, we just got a little notice that popped up on Austin's laptop here we'll have to edit that um no problem I I can I can I can absolutely personally relate to what you're saying right there and I love I love the way that you talk about these spirits because as as you know as a demonoliter you know that many of these spirits are still so maligned even within Mm -hmm. the occult community you know Mm -hmm. and um you know and so I I love to hear your personal experience and the communication that you have with these spirits because at least a couple of the ones that you've mentioned i've, I've actually had similar experiences with you know mm-hmm. they're they actually do seem to be um well i don't know like just they're they're just i think they're they're really pretty cool you know and that that seems like a really silly thing to or a way to describe that but they're just um there's a presence and, and an intelligence and I, I think to be honest like a, like a I think a real sense of compassion there in some of those spirits. And um, yes, yeah, I just it's so it's nice. It's nice to hear someone else who's had that kind of interaction or who who has that personal experience. So.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So as as one of the things that we hear a lot, you know, here at the shop is, um, you know, particularly as a component of daily practice is mm-hmm. the way that that can be something that can also focus uh, psychic gifts, you know, and yes. you, you know, you do a lot of work as a professional psychic, you know, have you found that you're, I mean, based on where you were at when you were maybe first beginning mm-hmm. and to where you're at now, you know, as you, have as you're established now, have you found that, that, uh, one component of your daily practice, like did, did that help to kind of ramp up your gifts as it would relate to the psychic?
1: Oh, yes, for sure. Um, My clear audience had took off as a result of that, you know, and that's something that I can definitely thank I'm for because he was helping me to, you know, when I was in the dark, when I was in the darkness and, and, um, you know, sitting down and moving into stillness, trying to quiet my mind, trying to remove myself, trying to remove my ego from the equation to actually get contact. Um, Amducius was the one that started to bring forward my ability to actually hear even better. Because at first, it was, one, it was something that was, you know, it seemed like it was a low kind of voice in which it was my voice replying back to me. So it got to the point where, as I continued my daily practice, especially with him, it got to the point where I could actually distinctly hear their voices, I could hear their voices, I could feel their energies, they all had a, you know, a a particular energy signature, they all had a a very peculiar way of going about explaining things, or, you know, teaching you, they all have their own kind of personalities, if that makes sense, Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting, because it got to the point where I was thinking about the fact that there's some people that say that there are, you know, that these, that these spirits or demons or older gods are, um, are already a part of your consciousness. But the thing is, I, I find that really hard to believe when they're coming forward with things that I have never even heard of, you know, when they're coming forward with things that you, you really didn't even know actually existed. But mm-hmm. also on top of that, the, their personalities These personalities, there's no way that these can be a part of your consciousness because of the the way that some of them are, it does bring out certain sides of you, but those sides of you, when you transform into especially being like them, these are pieces and aspects that are coming from them because you're working with them so closely. When it becomes intimate with them, these pieces become a part of you and that becomes your core. So it completely transforms you and you take on those aspects. I've noticed a lot of that when it came down to, you know, uh, my, because there was a lot of spirits who used to feed on me. And it, it, it helped me a lot to get closer to, you know, someone like Lucifuge Rofocale because he moved me further into the shadows, just like Amducius did. And that gave me the ability to cloak. It gave me the ability to understand when someone was feeding on me as well. So I could also sense and see people, you know, clairvoyantly too, when I moved further into the darkness and I was more comfortable with being in the dark. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> oh
0: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think both Austin and I we can relate to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: I <clears throat> I've I- I've not worked with many demons. Yeah, you're not really sometimes. into the goetic spirits much. I don't yeah. I'm not <laughs> I'm, like I'm not, not into them. I'm mm-hmm. just- well, it's never called a, we <laughs>
0: have we have we have a we have, um so we we have within our coven tradition just like an extra little little tidbit of info here personally info. Mm-hmm. we have within our coven tradition uh a particular type of like a family of spirits
2: mm-hmm.
0: um that does encompass this the same spirits that would be considered the goetic uh, okay spirits. yeah so so we we do i think austin does actually work with some of these spirits though probably under mm-hmm. very different names. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, but I think that would probably be true for a lot
3: of occult mm-hmm. practitioners, you know, a lot of them are working <laughs> and they probably have no idea. Uh, well, and it's, it's just so interesting how it comes down to different cultures and mm-hmm. different names that that come from that. Um, I, I like that has is, has this intense daily practice and, and, and for us, that doesn't seem too intense i mean i because that's what we do yeah right i mean i when i wake up in the morning i kind of lay there in bed and I, I do the same thing i empty my thoughts um i run my energy through me make sure that i you know i, I asked or project frequently mm-hmm. I do a lot of spirit flight um and so i will run my energy through me to make sure that i have not picked up anything because sometimes i go places i shouldn't um <laughs> i can relate <laughs> like, i want to go in there no but i'm gonna go in there no you're not yeah yeah i am um so, um so i do that and then usually um quite quite recently actually it's become it's not uncommon for me to light a candle to our spirit mm-hmm. on my altar um but i have found recently that they quite enjoy and this is what i love about spirits when you start building your own personal relationship with them Mm -hmm. they start telling you some things and i have i have a friend who works very closely with the goetic spirits and Mm -hmm. she she's told me like oh yeah they ask for the weirdest things they ask they do weirdest (laughs) most you would not think that this goetic spirit would want Mm -hmm. the first uh, the the first comic of x-men but mm-hmm. that's what they want, you know? And Sorry. so for, for me, our spirits, my spirits, particularly that I've been working with, have been asking for Bath and Body Works candles. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And though I can appreciate that because I am the scent guy here in the shop, um, <laughs> I've never been a big scented candle person. I've always been more of an incense or like diffuser kind of guy. Yeah. Um But they, they love it. I... I will load those Bath and Body Works candles, and it, they go crazy. I have gone through two, two just recently, and so it, it's really interesting. And that's just part of my daily practice. I wake up, and I, I light those candles. I say my thank yous, and I connect with those spirits, and I kind of go about my day.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But you you raised a good point there. Um, you know, like, like a daily practices, again, it's something that is going to take discipline and mm-hmm. dedication, mm-hmm. like you really do. Like, you know, and, I, and again, in talking with people about that a little bit, you know, I guess, I guess a big part of that is trying to get newer practitioners, maybe who are in the process of establishing those daily practices to realize that what they're, in essence, what they're doing
3: is making an investment
0: in themselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, well, I find with newer practitioners, they have this idea and this aesthetic that comes with witchcraft. They sure and that's okay. that you know, they want the woods and the Stevie Nick shawl twirls and
2: mm-hmm. and the
3: spell jars and this, that and the app. That isn't witchcraft? No, it's not. It can uh. be a component of your witchcraft. <laughs> um I know shawls are a part of mine. Um, and they always come in, they're like, well I'm trying to figure out like how to incorporate it, incorporate it into my daily life and I'm like well when do you practice and they're like well i do it on the weekends and so i've developed this term with my students in in my mm-hmm. awakening witch class where i tell them well you're not just a witch on the weekends you're exactly a every not, day not a weekend witch every day a weekend witch no no <laughs> you know, <you're> <laughs> every day. So, and that's something that my students had a hard time understanding when i first started the classes well how mm-hmm. often are we supposed to ground and center every day exactly times a day yeah. but mm-hmm. i have a job cool this, figure this, it out this
0: will make you better at your job exactly um, mm-hmm. okay so has I've got, I've got another question for you kind of getting this back on topic here a little bit so yeah. all right so in the, this is one of the other things that i think i hear a lot from people um when it comes to something like a daily practice or, or like routines and rituals around their 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 traditions you know their mm-hmm. spirituality um i you know we've we've seen those things and, and again i can say in my own personal practice i'm sure you can can appreciate this as well Um, that those are things that do seem to evolve. Like they have Mm -hmm. to evolve. Mm -hmm. Um, What, what's your, what's your take on that? I mean, I mean, how, how, how do you feel about the evolution of those practices?
1: The evolution of those practices, it like in which way? Sorry about that.
0: Oh, I guess, I guess, I mean, basically what I, I, what I can honestly say that what I do day to day now as a part of my Mm -hmm. daily practice is probably quite a bit different than it would have been even maybe like three or four years ago. Oh, yeah. so have you found I guess I guess in asking me that question I'm thinking back to some conversations that I've had with again some some other witches where they you know they kind of fall into a bit of a rut I think you know they they you know and, and even if they are dedicated to a daily practice it's like it kind of becomes this like like a drudgery like oh I get up and I do this thing and Mm -hmm. it's like no this there should be an an element of stagnant yeah there's a stagnation it's like this should be an enjoyable kind of thing so yeah so can you see I mean with that I mean obviously you don't need to give us personal details but like but can you can you see like I mean some validity to that have you noticed that that over the years that your daily practice has evolved
1: yes I've noticed that I, I noticed a huge difference honestly you know um because i practice a different type of magic on it but i don't want to put it out there i'm a yeah. part of a different order of magic but i would prefer i, I prefer to keep that a secret yeah no, but, that's, fine. Uh, that's fine and in that practice i'm you know i'm practicing necromancy and mm-hmm. the the patrons that the patron and the matron that i have we we do different kinds of practices in which we might ingest ashes so It's the seal mm-hmm. you know of the of that spirit in question and do a chant and do a daily oration and that's the kind of thing that i've put into my daily regimen now as well so i've seen it change to become things that are a little more extreme i noticed when i became someone who was more of a serious practitioner there were a lot more things that i was able to fathom there were a lot more things that i was also willing to do because i understood the benefit of actually incorporating those things into my practice. For example, you know, when I gift blood to my spirits or I do bloodletting, yeah. but that's only to those that I really find that I have a true connection with and that I really truly feel like I'm going to continue working with. That's the only time that I will ever give blood. When I would be doing you know, videos on my Goetia in review, I would talk about certain spirits that like blood or they like different offerings like that but I don't give my blood to all of them. When I'm meeting them, I meet them just to document them because I want to let it be known what exactly they truly are like from the perspective of someone who actually is a demon altar, from someone who actually does like to work with them, does respect them. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yes, yeah,
0: absolutely. Well, and, I, and again, I want to say I really like the way that you kind of put that earlier, early on in that, that response, you, mm-hmm. you talked about how, as your practice has grown, you've been more willing to try things maybe that you wouldn't have early on oh you know? yeah like as your as your knowledge and as your experience has grown it's also i think um it's helped you to to work through i i, I, I i'm gonna say fear but it's not really fear i guess i don't know we
1: i would say a definitely you can say fear because it, it's it definitely equates to that so you can you can say fear that's a good way of putting it okay
0: yeah i mean well we you know we, we talk about that a lot you know um on the podcast you know in, in other classes and and, and things we teach and you know, we talk a lot about the the necessity to to be able to look you know really like squarely at your your fears our fears you know and to be able to to really kind of work through those you know, um, you know, not to say that fear is necessarily a bad thing, because in, in the right circumstances, fear can be a powerful means of motivation. But um, but, uh, you know, but but to, to look at fear, I guess, as a limitation to practice is something that we usually try to tell people, like, you, you know, you got to you know, be very honest about this. So, um,
2: mm-hmm.
0: so I could I could see how a daily practice would also help with something like that as well, you know, allowing you to evolve as the practice evolves.
1: Yes. Yeah. Can nice. I add another thing as well? Absolutely, please, yeah. So another thing that I really also was not paying much attention to, and I would neglect it when I was first starting off, and there, this was a lot of stuff that kept being brought forward to the surface when I was working um, heavily with, like I said, Lucifuge, Ruffle Kale, but more so mm-hmm. Bune and Marbus. They were heavily focused on the shadow aspect, my shadow side, those pieces of myself that I actually did not want to face working with traumas and things of that sort and that's something that I came to specialize in because it it was something that I feared so much. I didn't want to face those things that had happened to me. I didn't want to talk about those things that were, you know, affecting me. I didn't want to talk about that, you know, my childhood stuff when I was 5 years old, the stuff that had happened to me and the fact that he's stuck at 5. So there's mm-hmm. aspects of my shadow that are stuck at 5 years old that mm-hmm. I'm not addressing. And I noticed that with those pieces of yourself, those pieces of yourself, those shadows can affect your everyday life. That can affect your, your as men, it can affect our masculinity. And I've noticed it started to really take a toll on me. And it can, it can bring forward a lot of different, you know, mental instabilities as well. And yeah. when those things aren't addressed, and when they're not talked about, and as men, it's it, it's very common for us to be told that it's not okay to cry. It's not okay to talk about things that have happened to you. It's mm-hmm. it's more better to keep it to yourself or to grieve in silence. But why why are we told that? You know, yeah. why exactly are we told that? Why is it not okay? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, it could be. I mean, it could be an element of that. The, you know, the patri- the patriarchal nature of our culture. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, exactly. but yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I can absolutely understand what you're saying there. You know, and I, I, mm-hmm. I, I'm encouraged to see that. Just kind of like as a society, we seem to be having more honest communications around those elements of toxic masculinity.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, exactly.
0: But I also I'm finding that the more we talk about those things, the more we often find ourselves back in the same old traps. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I guess is just part of the, the human condition, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: no, yeah.
1: I, can, I can agree. I can agree with you on that. I was also going to add that yep. um, through my daily shadow work and those practices, since mm-hmm. I've added that to my regimen as well, it's gotten me to become far less aggressive. Mm-hmm. Because I notice when I work with those beings that are like Lord Belial or Beelzebub, mm-hmm. even though to me they're they're one and the same, I get this overwhelming sense of anger sometimes when i work with certain spirits Mm -hmm. they they have an anger about themselves they have parts of them that become a part of me and it starts to become overbearing and i overstep boundaries of even my girlfriend sometimes because I don't realize that that's what's going on. You kind of lose yourself in these things if you're not Mm -hmm. adding these kind of grounding techniques and you're not doing your shadow work. It's very important to do that. So I've noticed myself becoming a lot more light, a lot more understanding. It's even gotten to the point in which, you know, in the, in the past, you know, like last year, I was I would have I would have daily conversations with you to try and understand certain things that my girlfriend was saying I was trying to get her perspective and being was so good at understanding that perspective that the advice that was given to me when I would, you know, apply those things that were told and, and, and revealed to me. It would benefit the, the connection between her and I. It would make our conversations flow a lot easier. It would help us to avoid a lot of unnecessary arguments and a ton of misunderstandings.
0: Okay. All right. I I I like that. You know, and that that to me, that's kind of nice because I guess, you know, if you think about. If you think about the, the work that we do as witches or occultists, you know, whatever, whatever the word would be, you know, I mean, if you think about that, you know, much of what we do is really, um, going to be something that is going to be beyond just the limit of the self. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, so I, I like that because through your daily work, you're also seeing, uh, that this is benefiting your relationship partner. Oh, for um, sure. So I mean, I mean, through through the connection that, that your girlfriend has with you, like like the, this is something that's also proven to be strengthening um, you know, the relationship in the life that you're you're now kind of sharing. So mm-hmm. I think I think that's excellent. And I think that's definitely something to consider because I know a lot of us we have a tendency to get um like we can be we can develop tunnel vision when it comes to spiritual practice, right? Like it's kind of like it's just about us and our spirits and
2: mm-hmm. us to,
0: in our practice and, and I and I know I have to sometimes check myself, you know, like this is bigger than me. This isn't just about me. Um yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm digging that. I love that. That's yeah. awesome.
3: Huh. I like that as occultists, as witches, uh witches. Um as occultists or or witches, we we understand that there is a necessity for the darkness. And as we allow ourselves to go into those darker, shadowy places, our soul, our spirit, thus becomes lighter. And though we are around and surrounded by that, we ultimately become a better practitioner. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and better people. And better people. And that's Mm -hmm. one thing that I find differs in a lot of real practitioners practices from the superficial yes you know if you if you can sit with that darkness and like talk to it and Mm -hmm. understand it and comprehend it and then allow it to integrate itself into you Mm -hmm. um you become so much more well powerful in all Mm -hmm. aspects of life instead mm-hmm. of sitting and setting your intention for the day and meditating and, you know, ringing a bell. Which yes. sure its validity, but... Well, I think it, every, everybody is going to kind of practice it. their everyone's own Everyone's going to practice I differently, guess. but yeah. when you're so focused on dismissing the darkness and that that shadowy air aspect and those darker, scarier things, you ultimately just imbalance yourself and are then personifying your shadow, not integrating it.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. One thing that I was thinking about as well was, um, you know, I, I know I keep talking about it, but I just have extensive experience with beauty when it comes down to a lot of different things. Yeah, no, no, please you share. Know, yeah, yeah. One thing that I was, uh, you know, that I was thinking about just yesterday, I was sitting on the couch, and you know, uh, I live in a really nice area now in Colorado, and I live, I have a, a really nice place due to you know as a result of my daily practice my my work and this is this is my life's work you know Yeah. so yeah. i was sitting down on the couch and i was just thinking you know 3 years ago i was sleeping on the floor in my brother's house on an on an air mattress in the living room i didn't even have a room you know i didn't i didn't have i, I, I didn't have much of anything i had come back from you know another country traumatized because things that have played out out there and i come here and i'm just I'm starting over again. Mm-hmm. As soon as I started to get, you know, into my daily practice and started to understand how these things work, it started to, everything started to come together. And as I started to have, you know, daily conversations, especially after I made the pact with bion it was probably about three days after the fact that we officially had sealed the deal. Mm-hmm. Bion started coming forward and telling me about, you know, just embracing the little things that I have. And watching those little things grow into large, you know, in, into large pieces of my life. Watching these little things become even greater and become a a huge part of the bigger picture of my life. And Bion was telling me to just just look at those things that I have, cherish those things, and everything else that I could possibly need or want would come my way. See, I would have never thought that it would be something that came as quickly as it did because it just, I I continued. Sometimes I would be so afraid. I would be, you know, I would feel like, oh, it's not coming in. I don't have the money for rent. I don't have this. I don't have that. There Mm -hmm. would be times where I did have that kind of stuff happening, conflict with my family and things of that sort. But I continued to keep going because I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And as a result, everything that I was told, everything that, I was working so hard for, it seemingly just started to fall into place. And I, you know, I I couldn't, I couldn't be any more grateful than I am. Bune is one, one entity that, that actually humbled me. I used to be someone who used to complain about the smallest things, but now I look at the smallest things that I have and I'm just like, wow, look at this deodorant. You can look at, I can look at a deodorant stick that I have that, other people, I know that there's other people who aren't fortunate enough to actually have that, but yeah. I have that because I work hard to be able to afford those things. Mm-hmm. I go forward with my daily practice to be able to have these things to be able to live my life comfortably and to feel free. That's the most important thing to me is that freedom, your stability, your mental stability, and your freedom.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think I think when it comes down to it that's really that's kind of where we're all at, right? We're all kind of looking for that balance between stability and freedom mm-hmm. or the, the ability to manifest those things more um more and more in our lives. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I can I can absolutely just in talking with you, listening to you, I can absolutely tell that you are you are completely devoted to your practice and it sounds like you're, you're doing, you've accomplished and you, you're, you're continuing to accomplish some really amazing things. I'm, I'm always excited to talk with somebody like you who is really living their practice just because um, it's there's refreshing. A, it's refreshing. And there's, there's, just just an, there's an energy there in you that I just, you know,
3: I just, I just, I love the feel of that. Yeah. So, I, I, I yeah. Totally agree. It's, it, it's like I said, it's refreshing because, there are so many people, you know, high priests and high priestesses out there who have gotten to these places into these titles with no more than a wet donkey shit
2: mm-hmm.
3: of that's graphic. Okay, of
0: All right. that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's
3: it's true. It's true because mm-hmm. I, I've 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 had that experience where I have worked my myself to the bone, devoting mm-hmm. and doing the studies and doing the rituals and then seeing other people just skate on by because mm.
1: well, this is yeah. just how it works.
3: And mm-hmm. and you know, nothing nothing bad to them. If they're that cool and that lucky they can just kind of float. Awesome. But I've never I've never had that. And so huh. I've, I I've worked so hard and that it comes across not just in my craft, but also in in I mean my day job. I'm a voice mm-hmm. teacher. Yeah. I went to school for for Oh God, it was a long time um, to, to learn opera and classical music and teach. This. Oh, that's awesome. And I, every, every single time I sit and I think like about, Oh, I didn't get this scholarship. I didn't get this. I didn't get this. But then I think back and I'm like, that would have controlled me. You know, mm-hmm. you, you get this scholarship, mm-hmm. you 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 have these rules and these things you have to live up to when mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I wouldn't be able to have some of those opportunities that I had working with XYZ individual mm-hmm. because I would have had another engagement and so but but again yeah. I think but I think you know to get back to you
0: know kind of what Hez was sharing I mean um, gratitude. It's all about gratitude. Well, yeah, you gotta be appreciative for what you have. Yeah. But but use that appreciation as a fuel to work toward the next and continue. level, right? The next thing. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I talk a lot when I when I, I talk with some of my own students and clients, you know, I, I always kind of say, you know, I'm I'm always much more impressed when I hear stories and I talk to, you know, practitioners who, you know, who who again they like they've really earned it for whatever reason or in whatever way they've really earned it. Um you know and and again i want to say there there's definitely a power and a, mm. i think an integrity in those practitioners when you come across them it's like like this person is really doing the work they, they've they really they've done the work um you know and so i just yeah i just i love to feel that because um they didn't have I a don't i trust don't family. i don't don't always don't always feel that anyway mm-hmm. um so if there were if there were any last bit of information to impart to anybody who who listens to our podcast on like daily witchcraft practices and the um and the benefits of something like that like um what would that be has do you have anything else that you want to make sure people people hear
1: i just you know it, it's it just makes me emotional, you know, when I talk about this stuff. I just I just love it so much. Yeah. I love all the spirits. You know, I love when I get to meet even spirits from other pantheons or spirits that other people might practice with that, you know, some people might not be comfortable with branching out to another pantheon and communicating with other spirits. I like to communicate with the spirits that are misunderstood. Yeah. Give everything a second look, you know, always thoroughly look at everything when you're doing research make sure you're thorough this is one of the most important things that i myself have learned don't let anyone else's experience influence what exactly it is that you're going to experience a great example of this would be how they describe the goetic demons okay so they would describe Osteroth as so when it comes forward with putrid breath riding a dragon looking like this looking really ugly or whatever when i when in reality oscarath actually looks nothing like that And the reason why they said that Astaroth looks like that was because of the fact that they wanted you to steer away from the practice. But when you actually come forward with connecting with someone like Astaroth and you're thoroughly doing your research, you understand exactly what it is that they will and that they won't do. Understanding what their boundaries are are going to help you to understand what your boundaries are. Boundaries are something that are really important because people tend to cross spirits' boundaries as well. Oh, There's yeah. a lot of people that I've met that have pissed off spirits, and they didn't even realize it because they were acting so nonchalant about the fact that they were connecting with that spirit in the first place. Mm-hmm. See, in in this practice on the, on a daily basis, I try to make sure that I go forward with eliminating every single piece of you know of uh, energy or you know intention in the ritual or even symbology in my rituals that would disrespect them because in no way have any of them ever once disrespected me so when it comes down to the goetia because i'm you know i i i pride myself on connecting with them in the way that i do i've removed all of the solomonic methods of connecting with them and i've seen my relationship flourish greatly with them i've built better rapport with them i've gotten the ability to connect and go even further in ritual with them by removing this stuff
3: Mm -hmm. that's so refreshing to hear that's so nice to hear you know
0: i wasn't gonna ask you like on this this episode just because you know we were kind of focusing on you know the benefits of daily witchcraft practice right but but as someone who is a demonoliter you know i i actually i'm so glad that you kind of volunteered that information because that is one of the things i did want to actually ask you at some point is you know how how you have been able to remove the solomonic information or what i would call like dogma from mm-hmm. your, your practice in working with these spirits you know i kind of look at that as another one of these processes that we're seeing right now and like kind of like decolonizing our practices or our traditions mm-hmm. Um, because I can, I absolutely feel that way about Solomon, you know, and I know that there are a lot of high magic practitioners and ceremonial magicians out there and other types of occultists that really find a lot of value in, you know, the, the Solomonic, uh, practices, uh, and methods, but, um, but I've, I've never really personally felt good about those, um, (laughs) So, I mean, so is that, can, can you, would you elaborate on that just a little bit? I mean, just, just oh, yeah. to the extent that you can, I mean, I mean, oh, what, yeah. what, are, what are your feelings on on Solomon's uh, work with, with demonic spirits?
1: Well, you know, the, the Solomonic work for myself, and, and this is only my opinion, mm-hmm. I feel like it was something that came from a fear-based perspective because they mm-hmm. were afraid of them. So they wanted to constrain and bind them if they were gonna work with them. They mm-hmm. wanted to constrain them to get what they wanted. See, for me, I'm someone who got to the point because I was taught by Bune to negotiate with your, with the spirits you're talking to. When mm-hmm. I first initially started to make a pact with Bune, Bune was like, are you sure that this is what you want? And I was like, you know what? No, I want, and then Bune told, told me her terms. And when I was saying, okay, look, this is what I want. Bune told me, this is what I want. I want you to work with me for this amount of time and this and this, but because I was afraid I was like, you know what? I don't want to do that. I'm not comfortable working with you for six months and I have to have you inside of this home when this isn't even my home. Mm -hmm. You know, because there were things that were coming up in which I had to connect with them in in these ways to be able to get what it is that I was trying to to get or do what I was trying to do or what I was trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. When it came down to removing these things, when it came down to removing all of this dogma, they came in even more clear. They started to come to me in my dreams even more. I started to have access to, to beings in the Goetia that I had never even met, that I'd never even done research on. Hmm. I started meeting beings like Marcosius and Marcosius came forward with, you know, these uh, means to be able to protect me, to be able to identify people who were doing magic on me in my dreams. Hmm. I wouldn't have even known if Marcosius wouldn't have stepped forward to me and introduced themselves, you know? So, these practices, when it came down to, when it comes down to, you know, all of this dogma, all of the the, the influence of Judeo-Christian and doctrine, you know, when it comes down to these things, yeah. I find it just so. I find it extremely just disrespectful and just it's full of fear. Yes. and that's just from my perspective. There's so much fear of them. You have to bind them. You have to do this banishing. You have to do all of this. When I'm done with them, I don't even banish them because they know when to leave yeah i'm not gonna banish them because they know what to do they know when to leave the only time they're gonna linger around and stay is if you have not let it be known that you're done which is the reason why we thank them at the end of the ritual you know (laughs)
0: like yeah that's that's my perspective yeah it's like 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 yeah like like you know meeting adjourned like we did what we
1: needed to do yeah exactly
0: okay cool it's so refreshing. Thank you for thank you for, yes, thank, you thank, you for you. thank you for sharing that. Yeah, because I that was that was definitely one of these things I was planning on at some point to kind of pick your brain on, just because because uh, <laughs> yeah. I, f- I figured you'd be you'd be the guy to ask. Yeah, um, let's 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 shift gears a little bit. We're we're going to yes. kind of move away from our topic and kind of get to the next couple of things we do. So we we always kind of talk a little bit, you know, um, on you know, some of the some of the practices, some of the trending things that we see in, you know, the kind of the alternative spiritual communities, you know, um, and a lot of it could be, you know, just the stuff that's trending through social media. A lot of it could be the things that we're seeing in our local uh, pagan and witchcraft communities. But um, I don't know. I'd like to kind of see like like what what are you guys what are you guys loving about witchcraft and the occult right now? Is there anything that's really kind of catching your attention a lot these days? Like a good
1: thing, a positive thing. I really want to hear Austin's perspective because I I want to hear both of you guys' perspective first because I really I really thoroughly enjoy you guys and you guys do have a seemingly kind of different um way of working with spirits so I just yeah. really want to hear what you guys think because you guys have a, a you guys have a, a little more experience a little more years over me I would love to hear it um, what, what you got Austin
3: What I'm loving is Oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. That's you all know. right. It's well, all right. Not,
0: you're, not, you're not loving anything right now? It, it's really <laughs> Well, it's
3: really hard because we have... Uh, there's some gems that pop up that are really, really awesome. And then without fell for that one gem, there are those 500 other pieces. Well, right now we're just focusing yeah. on the positive. So what <clears> I'm <throat> loving, personally, me, is I'm loving the the act of ethical sourcing that I'm seeing. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm you know, we have customers who come in, um, into the shop and they're always asking us like, well, where do you get this? Where do you get this? Where do you get this? Mm-hmm. And I can honestly say I pride myself as being a part of this shop, as being a shop owner and and a practitioner um, to say that we source our Herbs, our crystals, um, our oils—we source them ethically. And if we don't source them ourselves, we have done extensive research into mm-hmm. those companies or those people who do source them ethically. Okay. Uh, yes.
0: but, well, let, let's not make this about our shop because because we're not we're not the only
3: people well, out
1: there that are I, doing this. I know, but it's okay. It's beautiful, though. It's okay. okay. That's
3: all right. <laughs> That's what I'm I love that there has been this uproar of ethical of needing ethical sourcing. And Mm -hmm. I'm not just talking about for products um, and your supplies, but also ethical sources for knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, There was this uproar on TikTok about tarot being a closed practice. We've all heard it, blah, 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 blah. And there are several Romani creators, one of which is Mike. um, (laughs) another, uh, Another one is me, who spoke up and people... Rally behind us. It was really nice to have that like, like the Romani <laughs> voice not being silenced. It was really nice. Um, I, I think, I don't think people could silence us even if they tried. I'm allowed, our, our <laughs> will,
0: our will, our will
3: to speak is too I'm, strong. I'm pretty loud. <clears throat> um, <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm loving personally okay. is I'm seeing the, the, this uproar of ethical practice sourcing and okay. sourcing in all ways, whether it's physically or academically.
0: Well, I think, I think that's the, way that you say the ethical sourcing that actually that's kind of a good lead into what i want to throw out there i'm i'm noticing and i know in future we talked about doing a future episode just on this topic because it continues to be something that cycles through the the, certainly the witchcraft community but Mm -hmm. but the pagan community at large but one of the things i'm loving right now is that there does continue to be productive conversation around what people are calling closed practices Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there, there's still. I know there still seems to be a lot of confusion out there around around what that really is and who who is and isn't allowed to have access to some of those traditions and things. What makes them um, close? Yes, and what makes them close? Yeah, but but I'm I'm kind of liking that at least at least mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks I've had some interaction with people and I've seen a bit of a shift. I've actually seen people where they're they're starting to get it. Mm-hmm. They're starting to understand that like these are these are valid and no you can't just have everything you want. Mm-hmm you know, Mm -hmm. um, that you have to respect these things. You have to respect the people who've carried these traditions for years and years and years, sometimes under horrible life circumstances and abuse. And, you know, and, um, and so I'm liking that I'm liking at least like more of a positive turn. And, you know, and like Mm -hmm. you said, Austin, for every one person that gets it, there are going to be 10 other people that are just going to double down and be really dumb about that. But Uh, that's um, what a sour um,
3: jar is for. But
0: (laughs) maybe, 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 (laughs) but, uh, Anyway, but I'm kind of liking that, and that's something that kind of came to mind just because, again, I I noticed just today on some of the social media feeds, again, uh, TikTok for one, you know, mm-hmm. that people are still, you know, discussing this, and um, you know, but but they seem to be, they seem to be getting it. We'll just say that mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm.
3: So, so something I that I like is that the voices of those close practices are coming forward, and yes, and things, yeah, because there's there are legitimate closed practices obviously but then there are also practices that have been labeled as closed because mm-hmm. one person said so and there are practitioners mm-hmm. like <clears throat> one of my favorites mommy sunfire I oh love yeah Sunfaya, I, love Ma, I, lo- I love mama i love Sunfire. i love okay, her and, yes, and she's coming her, forward her. and she's like she's she did an entire series on like is hoodoo for you is i loved you that series her. and i, I was that, like yes thank you thank you ma'am <laughs> i
0: love that series yeah she's she's i i get it i she just every time i watch her i'm just amazed at the, i also thoroughly the, enjoyed watching her
3: drink her
2: health yeah
0: anyway so what what about you hez what, what are you feeling pretty positive about in, in our community these days
1: I'm just really loving, you know, I want to throw some people out there because like there's some really awesome practitioners. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you have people that are like Andrew Eden 2.0 who are bringing forward the knowledge that their ancestors have taught them and they're openly teaching things pertaining to the faith. This is Mm -hmm. things that you would not even be able to find anywhere, writing books, things people are bringing back a lot of old knowledge that come from their family trees and things of that sort. You have people like V.K. Hanum that are bringing forward a, a, a whole new profound understanding of working with the cliff off. You have people like, you know, Current239. He, him and his girl, Haley, they're they're bringing forth information pertaining to hakate and working with her and how to truly devote yourself to her. Working Ooh. with Kane, you know, working with all of these different kinds of practices that of which might have been something that would have been you know, not closed, but it might have been practices in which the practitioners might not have wanted to let it be known that they were practicing this stuff. They likely Mm -hmm. would have been closeted witches because these are some of the more, you know, more, like you said before, some of the practices that would be considered more maligned. They are the misunderstood that are being brought forth, the ousted that are being brought forward and being talked about and it's thoroughly being addressed and thoroughly being taught the right way in the most authentic way possible mm. i love that the younger generation of witches these days because you have 19 18 and 20 year olds who are bringing forth knowledge more knowledge mm. than you know certain practitioners that are on this app just par- parading around and mm. acting as if they're someone who's authentic when they're in reality just taking information from other people, outsourcing and taking information from other people. You have so many authentic practitioners that are on the app. That's what I really love about, you know, everything that's going on. TikTok has given us a platform for all of us to come together in which in, in, in the olden days, we wouldn't have been able to do this because we didn't have the technology or the means to be able to communicate with people who would be, you know, considered allies to us or who we could bounce ideas off of to learn from and to study under even, you know, there's so yeah. much beautiful community, there's so much unity these days, mm-hmm. I do love the fact also that there are so many practitioners that are Cracking down on people who are child abusers, who are sex traffickers, who have, you know, who have done stuff to them, addressing those things and coming forward, letting it be known that it is okay to Mm -hmm. curse your abuser, that it is okay to go after the womanizers, you know, these, these -hmm. are things that have been coming forward that I have really thoroughly enjoyed. And I can't, you know, I I just anticipate, I can't even wait to see what else this transforms into, what else it evolves into, when more practitioners continuously come forward to bring their works. That's what I love. That sense of unity and the diversity at the same time. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I love it. It's funny he's talking about curses on child sex traffickers and abusers and i'm like uh, you have you have
0: one sitting at home on your altar two. right now i have two <laughs> <them> <laughs> in Saturday, actually so uh okay yeah there you go exactly. yeah so i you know i love that and i think you know that's that's a big uh component of what we do as practitioners you know we
3: uh well we you know we're we... supposed to protect and defend yeah. those exactly who, who could not um mm-hmm. or had the or or were unable to defend themselves and the more times than not, I've had this conversation with with clients and people and students about like, well, cursing bad, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, no, it's not. It can be very healing. It can be very healing. I mean, I had a student who started taking my Awakening the Witch class, and within the first month, she posted um, a question about the threefold law and how she was struggling with how I busted her bubble in the first class with like, <laughs> mm-hmm. we don't believe in the threefold law. We don't believe in karma. I will teach you how to hex. I will teach you how to bind. I will also teach you how to heal. And I'll teach you what's bullshit and what's not. And
1: mm-hmm. if you
3: want to continue to work with the bullshit, you're more than welcome to, as long as you're getting it to work appropriately. Exactly. That's a, that's um, a personal choice. And, exactly. and she posted this thing, this entire thing on our Facebook group about how she was just like, it was so hard for her to move away from that. And then eventually she understood, like, oh, that's a ridiculous that's a ridiculous bind. Because honestly, that's what it is. It's a bind that practitioners. Mm-hmm.
2: Themselves.
3: Yeah. And I know that sure. and from initiations. Yeah. Sounds good. All
0: right. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you start up on this one again, because I know you always have opinions on this. Yeah. What 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 are what are we not liking about our our little community these days? What is what is going on in the witchcraft community that's got you not not feeling so warm and fuzzy, Austin? Oh, so much. Um... Oh come on you you were you were rattling off things like like crazy, or said you had a, a lot of ideas a minute ago. Now you're. Yeah.
3: I am disliking mm-hmm. the. <clears throat> the excuse and false fronts of upg unverified personal gnosis Mm -hmm. as a means to validate something that is not a thing and now here's the thing here's the thing there are some upg stuff that i'm like okay cool that's your own thing but then there are other things where i will have a be having a conversation with someone and then They'll go off, well, about how they intuitively picked up this, 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 and this about, oh, a really good example, a particular divinatory method that I'm very familiar with. And I'm like, that's not true at all. And then their response (laughs) is, well, then I guess I can't talk to you because you don't agree with me and and you're wrong and you're telling me I'm wrong. And all I can honestly say is, yeah, you're wrong. And I'm sorry that I burst your bubble with Mm -hmm. some fact and... You know stuff so i always tell my students like yeah it's great to follow your intuition and let that upg work for you but mm-hmm. you always want to try and get some sort of back up, you know some sort of backing with the upg with that unverified personal gnosis you know mm-hmm. i mean for the longest time i had no idea why i was so drawn to keys had no idea why I was so drawn to keys. I'd find them on the on the road. And my my friends would give me keys for, for gifts. They'd go to craft stores and markets. And <laughs> this reminds me of you. And okay, cool. I have no idea what that means. And so after years and years and years of working with a deity that I just needed to work with for that amount of time, mm-hmm. <laughs> I could say popped up and was like, So you're ready now? And I was like, Oh. And it wasn't until after being studying. <laughs> And and looking into Hecate and talking to Mike about Hecate, that it was like, oh, keys are a Hecate thing, and it just more and more these little things that I just kind of pick up. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not just a Hecate thing, but she's a pretty big one for keys. Well, yeah. So so, so that's so, what I'm talking about. It's like yeah. how you can verify your UPG mm-hmm. through study and research. Yeah. Sorry. I well, read.
0: well, that kind of that kind of gets back to something that has said a while ago too. Mm-hmm. Like he was talking about. Um, you know, making sure that you're not allowing other people's experiences to, to to really be the defining structure of your own, you know, I mean, yeah, so I mean, I, that's kind of how I see that there, you know, and I think there are always ways if you do a little bit of digging to kind of validate mm-hmm. some some of the, the personal gnosis that you're receiving, you know, not that you necessarily need to, because every tradition is going to have a degree of, of UPG, at mm-hmm. least somewhere in its roots, right? But... Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but we have the means now, I think, just if for no other reason, but the way that we can communicate through so many different or to so many different practitioners now of I think being able to kind of corroborate those stories. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. What about you, has? What do what what's what's kind of kind of grinding your gears or, or upsetting you about our community these it's days? Grinding your gears.
1: Well, there's definitely like there's definitely two things. Um mm-hmm. plug it, it in. But there's definitely two things. So <clears throat> one thing I would definitely say is Okay, so you have, you have uh, those that are considered the elders Okay, on Witch Talk mm-hmm. that wow. don't want to be corrected. They don't want to take honest criticism mm-hmm. as it is honest criticism. It, it, this, this, goes, this goes right along with you when you're talking about UPG. They have a lot of UPG. They, mm-hmm. they, because they've been doing this for so long, they feel like everything that they do and that they say is right everything that they say is the law of the land. When you have others who would be considered elders that don't want to be given that title because there's so much that comes with that. You have a lot of authentic practitioners that are, that are being like ousted, that are being turned on because there's so many frauds that are out there that are talking crap and throwing shade at real authentic practitioners, putting information out there that is completely false putting false information, false accusations, all of this petty, catty drama for reasons that definitely equate to someone that has a huge unchecked ego. A lot of these people who talk about things that are so high and mighty that they've done all this and all that, and they have all this experience, but they don't actually really go forward with doing any shadow work. Mm-hmm. They don't go forward with doing any kind of self-reflecting. And there's a lot of grown-ass people walking around here, picking on kids, yeah. cursing kids, because the kids are have thoroughly studied and they actually have built a rapport with the spirits to, to know that what these people are saying is a bunch of bullcrap. Then two, the second one that I want to talk about is there are other, you know, there are other... Systems of magic. Another great system of magic that I would like to put out there would be the system of the measurai and cabal, the current of the cabal. Okay, the measurai and cabal. There are so many people out there that hate the measure and cabal because they don't understand it. They don't want to fully embrace that each of the spirits that are a part of each of those towers have so many different specialties, so many different abilities, and so many facets and aspects that go with them that. They don't, people don't want to accept that. People also equate the, the being, the, the spirits in, the, in this particular system of magic as being that of a fantasy, fanatical, like video games. But I can definitely attest to, to, to the magic of this particular system and let it be known that there is some very potent and very powerful old magic, that is within the books and the scriptures of this particular system that has completely changed my life. When Hmm. it comes down to these things, there are things that some people and some practitioners will never understand because they don't want to step out of their own way and allow themselves to truly see the bigger picture. Everybody wants to take what they feel is pretty what they feel is beautiful but they don't want to fully embrace everything they don't want to take in everything they don't want to use everything that can be taught to them Mm -hmm. they pick and choose and they pick and choose what they want to hear and then they go forward with putting information out that is half-assed I hate it when people put information that is half-assed or when people are really not having a true experience but they're saying things about the, about a spirit that we all know is not true, or they're saying things about a system of magic that we all know is not true. Mm-hmm. And the in Cabal is a system of magic in which you have to you have to initiate, your, your, initiate yourself into a daily practice to actually truly experience the benefits of that system of magic. Yes. And a really a really great example. Of you know of that would be the EAGM Raza of, of the and Cabal, mm-hmm. and even some of the Tower Masters like uh, the Imperator Emperius, and you know one of the Imperators named uh, Sinresh. They are the epitome of dedication. Since I've seen the, the those that are dedicated to the and Cabal, they have literally shown exactly what it means to be dedicated to your path and they've shown exactly what it means to live life as a real authentic practitioner yeah
0: i i think that's great and again i i can i can absolutely see you know and and share your point there you know I, you you as you mentioned you, we've got these people out there that pick and choose you know, and they bring a, a fairly incomplete understanding and experience of these things to the public, you know, particularly particularly with this, you know, with the availability of social media. I mean, mm-hmm. anybody can get on the internet now and say just about anything. Um, yeah, and they do, they really do themselves, not only themselves, but really pretty much anybody else who's willing to listen to service in the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, but, you know, and again, and their practice is, is really fairly superficial, which is, you know, also really unfortunate. I mean, it's unfortunate for them, too, because mm-hmm. they're also... Mm-hmm suffering as a result of their you know basically i guess their lack of commitment and dedication but the teachers yeah. who
3: don't who who refuse to admit when they are wrong elders who refuse to see things from a different perspective mm-hmm. priests or priestesses that refuse to acknowledge that there are other ways or there are individuals who have <laughs> maybe not been initiated who still somehow have a connection of thread are those people who aren't doing witchcraft who aren't doing spirituality or a cult they're running mm-hmm. they're running a cult not mm-hmm. a, cult, yeah. a cult and mm-hmm. you see that when uh when these individuals the newer individuals ask questions and the responses sit down and shut up yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. um i i i was with one of our coven members yesterday and they were sharing with me some experiences of their previous connections with a coven. And it just, it, I, I just lived at them. I was like, you you were, you're in a, you were in a cult. Yeah. You were this in a cult. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it like clicked, they're like, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <clears throat> and <clears throat> because with these other people these leaders when you were you ask a question or you push back it was no you don't know what you're talking about shut up and it's mm-hmm. oh that's not how that should work and so
0: well we see that we see that a lot here in our local community too like there was a whole Generation, you you know who I'm talking about here, mm-hmm. Austin. There, there's, and I, this is not specific to our community here. In, in oh, our I'm sure area. it's everywhere. everywhere. But, but you know, but but as you were saying, has you know, you we've got these people who now have a really large online presence, and you mm-hmm. know, and they and they proclaim themselves elders of our community, and you know, and we, I, I personally, you know, was kind of raised that you know you don't get to appoint yourself an elder; that your community <laughs> appoints you an elder.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: know and i think that that's something that we need to do we need to get back to a point where we're making some of these people accountable it's like you don't get to define yourself in this way we get to tell you if this is who you are based on what you are sharing and what you can prove in the realm of your knowledge and experience
3: well and and how you how you carry yourself and hold yourself yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. what are you hating Um, mike what what am i not liking about our community right now what's grinding your gears what what
0: (laughs) um Jeez, I don't know. You know, I, I had an experience yesterday with a couple of teenagers in the shop. And, and you know, and this is something that I I continue to see again, like through a lot of social media, you know, through other conversations and interactions in our community. And again, it's everywhere. It's every community, um, around the world, you know, every every alternative community. But I'm noticing this this thing happening now where a lot of our spiritual practices are being uh how how to put this basically, so okay so these these two two young women came into the shop yesterday and they came in and they were looking for a spirit board, okay and you know and we and we carry a few in the store you know and um you know and they're buying this and I'm like oh you know they're they're you know kind of maybe looking to learn or they're you know going to further their 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 you know knowledge and, and practice a little bit um and oh, they, were, no. they and they were buying this mainly because they wanted to use it as part of a prank they were going to play on a friend oh,
3: oh my god so, no.
1: so, there's,
0: so there's a part of me that's kind of like okay like this like there there are components of what we do as occultists and witches and, and practitioners that um like these are real things and then and there, there yes. seems to be this there seems to be this uh still this idea in at least some some people's eyes that you know what we're doing is all just like like it's all just harry potter it's all just fantasy fairy tale or it's all just spooky it's that sensationalizing yeah. our of, of practice that um that really kind of bothers me and you know and i guess and when it, when it comes to like people who aren't practitioners i expect that from them because they just don't know any better mm-hmm. but but i'm seeing that happening within the community as well mm-hmm. there, are, there are a lot of voices out there i'm hearing now where they're you know they're so caught up in I guess just the attention that they're getting that you know that they are they're sensationalizing a lot of these practices and they're they're really they're selling people a lot of bad information you know mm-hmm. and, and, and a lot of fear and a lot of fear and superstition and mm-hmm. so um you know, and that's nothing new I think that's just always been a part of our of our community as as practitioners but um but that's one thing I've noticed kind of rearing its head again lately it's like this this isn't just this isn't just your superstition this isn't just your 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 scary movie like mm-hmm. this is a real
3: thing well yeah. I, mean, I mean with the spirit board you have people like that who are coming in to do it for for a prank we as witches and practitioners know that that's not how a spirit board works you're not gonna exactly. you know but that's most definitely how horror stories start yes you know, how, and yeah. so, so prior to that, that Monday, I had this 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 people come in, and they were so scared of these uh, of spirit boards that mm-hmm. <laughs> they were terrified. They they wanted to get one because they wanted to communicate with their guides, but they didn't know their guides' names. Da 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 da, 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 da And they were so scared, and they just went off on how fearful they are. And I went, I just kind of looked and I was like, if you're so scared, you should probably not get a board.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And then they didn't listen. I was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, you do you. Fears um, shut you down. And I, 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 told them, I'm like, if you sit down and you know what or who you want to talk to, there is not an issue. It's when you mm-hmm. sit down and you're just whatever comes through. Hi yeah. guys. that's that's how you get. That was feedback. Sorry, feedback from that. Uh, no, that's okay. wow. <laughs> um, That's that's. <laughs> it, 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 Parasites, that's how you get parasites.
1: That is exactly how you get parasites.
3: Then, yeah. without fail, they're the ones coming in, freaking out. They have a demon attached to them. They have a demon mm-hmm. attached. I'm like, yeah. no, you don't. Yeah, you we have we, a trickster
2: we,
0: spirit. we hear that a lot. Exactly. Day. Yeah, we hear that a lot. So, oof. Anyway, big
2: oof. All right.
1: Yeah. I get a lot of questions about uh i used to get a lot of questions about that even when i was first starting to um to practice because i wasn't i'm not someone that's really you know been a practitioner of you know working with the goetia working with demonic magic for too long Mm -hmm. i was someone who actually would be considered right hand before i even turned to work on the left hand path um when i was first starting to get into you know working with demons there i was taking it so heavily serious because. Like I said, when you're working with demons, you become, you literally become them. You become yeah. just like them. Yeah. And yeah. at that at that time, I was currently working heavily with King Pyman. right? Mm-hmm. So there was this guy at work, and he would tell me about the fact that he would go to a cemetery or go to abandoned places, and he would use the Ouija board to go talk to, you know, Zozo. And I'm like, okay, so why do, why are you talking to Zozo? And he's like, well, you know, I just want to see if there's contact and, you know, I I just want to have some scary shit happen. I'm like, but do you know who Zozo is? And then he's like, well, you know, no, I don't really know who he is. I just heard about him. So, you know, I just went forward with doing it because I I felt like it would be cool. But I'm like, do you know what Zozo specializes in? Do you know exactly why you would be communicating or why someone would call to a spirit or energy like Zozo or someone like Pazuzu? Because he would talk about Pazuzu often as well. Hmm. And I was just like, He's like, well, what do you think? Do you ever play with a Ouija board? I'm like, I don't play with a Ouija board. If I'm going to use that, I'm using it as a conduit to contact a spirit that I want to communicate with if I want some connection with them. If I want to get a message from them on the board that I wasn't able to get clearly with my cards or with my pendulum. I want to get more in-depth information. I want them to spell some things out or, you know, paint a vivid picture for me. And he was like, well, I mean, you know, it's just it's just something that I like to do. It's just fun. I'm like, well, that's not considered fun to me. It's disrespectful to my practice because mm-hmm. this is what I do for, for living. Like, I'm like, yeah. this is what I do on a daily basis. And you're disrespecting spirits like that. Yeah. For me, it's a big deal to me for someone to disrespect spirits or to come forward with trying to bring any kind of information or misinformation. That That's why I'm always making videos or going forward with saying things about stuff that really gets on my nerves in on my channel like there was a guy to the uh, the other day when they were someone was asking me what's the price to working with demons and you know rituals and things of that sort Mm -hmm. and I started to break down what what the price was or what from my perspective and my experience what the actual price was Mm -hmm. and someone told me well the price is hell I'm like The price isn't hell, (laughs) that's dogma. That's what exactly you were taught. That's what you believe. Stop trying to force your religion and your beliefs down people's throats, especially if you're not a practitioner. Mm -hmm. It gets on my nerves when someone is not a practitioner and they talk on things that they have no idea about. They Mm -hmm. talk out of their ass and it's like you are literally talking about things that you have never experienced. You don't even know what hell is. You've never been to hell. As someone who's actually been to hell and been to multiple levels of it with multiple different demons, I can tell you right now hell is not what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's yeah, I I I think we are all right there with you. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, thank you so much, Hes. Yeah, We we want to thank you so much for joining us tonight. We we hope you Oops. had a good time chatting with us. I did.
1: Us. Um, I love you. Made me emotional. And, uh, yeah,
0: and, and we will. We will be in in touch, and um, I would. I would love to have you back on here and talk with us again at some point. It in the was future. so awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would. Lo- I would love to hear more about your just the work you do uh, with the demonology in particular. i I know. I know you got other stuff you do too, but um, but mm-hmm. that that's a particular subject that's of personal interest too. Um, so we again just want to thank you so much. Um, and uh, we'll go ahead and uh, I guess sign off yeah. does anybody have anything last thing they want to say
3: i think you're I just awesome to
0: say.
3: if mm-hmm. i'm not following you on TikTok already i'm gonna go follow you thank uh, you oh
0: yeah oh yeah 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 if anybody who listens to the podcast and, and i'm sure at this point most of you do if you're on TikTok, go go check out has has his work at um it's at tomb of the scarab
2: mm-hmm.
0: that is his ad or his user profile um mm-hmm. yeah has has posting some amazing stuff on there. some good info yeah, and, and info, I think, on on some subjects that you're really probably not going to find in a lot of other places. Um, so, yeah, it's good stuff. I, I always enjoy watching watching what you're doing and what you're talking about. So
1: And I thoroughly enjoy you guys, too. I just want to say thank you, and I appreciate the opportunity. I'm glad that, you know, we could collab because this was awesome. And also, like, it's an honor literally because you guys are like idols <laughs> so oh really this, oh god awesome. <laughs> like i well, really appreciate well, you guys well,
2: well, well,
0: well, well thank you i was, was, <laughs> was, was say, yeah i'm trusting trust I'm, I'm i'm i am me. I'm. I'm. i am i am i do not know if i'd ever say i was somebody worth idolizing but but thank you so much that's very sweet <laughs> of you. thank you so
3: much so, um,
0: anyway so yeah so we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna we're gonna sign off